When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Chapman, and today's going to be a fun day. Uh, re- really, really excited about this and been putting this together for quite a while. A little bit of a history report, if you will, of the 49ers and this new current front office with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, of course, and what it is exactly that they have done in three years with the draft. So what I wanted to do, you know, I just wanted to step back, go pick by pick, round by round. We have three drafts, you know, 2017, 18, and 19 with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and try to see, uh, jump into the mind. You know, they say uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Well, we have now a little bit of depth and some of this is going to be good and some of this is going to be a little bit uh, painful, but uh, that's what we're going to try to do. We're going to try to jump through all three 2017, 2018, 2019 drafts, the good and the bad. And I do want to give a quick update. If you are listening live, just want to say uh, thanks. Uh, I really appreciate everybody joining us. But yeah, we did have a little bit of a scare at home. My 11-year-old Michael, who is the man, um, he got pretty sick. And so high fever, dry cough, a lot of different symptoms, whatever else. And if you follow me on Twitter, we I kind of shared uh, what the family was going through and not being able to get tested to getting tested after four doctor visits and all those things. But the test uh, results did come back negative uh, for COVID-19, which is great. It was just the flu, which is uh, wonderful news. Uh, hopefully other people that are listening, if they go through similar things or whatever, if you have any questions, be happy to help out with what we went through. Uh, just some of the hurdles, uh, still very, very difficult to get testing a lot of different places. We live in Pasadena, so it might be different where you are. But uh, do want to say thank you for all the very positive vibes and thoughts. Really do appreciate that. Uh, the Faithful is an awesome community. And, you know, that we're going on our fourth year now with the 49ers Rush podcast. And, you know, I've been able to uh, meet a lot of different people 
and be around a lot of people at different events and games and whatever else. And it's just a real community. And so just want to say thank you. I really do. Uh, This is more than just a podcast. It started off as just something fun to do, and it's kind of turned into a lot more than that. So I do want to say thank you again for joining us. If you have any questions or comments please put those in there chat wherever you're listening through whether that's twitch periscope twitter youtube live uh, or if you're listening on the traditional podcast uh wherever it is that you download your stuff uh please let me know what you think and if you have any ideas or things that you would like me to cover i am 100 percent here for you guys and i will find a way uh, <laughs> to get you guys the stuff that you need so let's jump in 2017, brand new year, and they do a complete cleansing of the roster. And whenever I say they, we're talking John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. I think actually Kyle Shanahan is the the person who gets last choice on almost everything. But they're a team and they work together. And the first draft was interesting. (laughs) A lot of negatives. But they were able to squeeze out some positives for sure. Okay. Now, you got to start with, you know, picking number two overall. They drop back one spot. They trade with the Chicago Bears from number two to three. And one of my favorite things about the draft was this. They finessed a lot of draft capital out of the Bears to drop back one spot and get the player they wanted anyway. Now, the evaluation of Solomon Thomas and the misuse of him in his first three and a half years, uh, all problematic. Yeah, Solomon Thomas bust. I don't think anybody, from a talent perspective, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But they were able to get a lot of different extra picks, okay? Now, uh, you know, if we look at what happened just with that, it, the the trades, they go crazy. Uh, you know, we got two-thirds, two-third-round picks, which initially, when the 49ers and the Bears met, they talked before the draft, and every NFL team does it. They work out hypothetical trades. Basically, it was going to take just the number three and a third-round pick in that same year, the 2017 draft. But instead, they said, nope. You know, as they were on the clock, we have another team interested. We want an additional third round pick the following year, and they got it. Um, which they're going to eventually trade that. We'll talk about the extra pick that they got and they traded for, but that's okay. So they take Solomon Thomas, and, you know, it doesn't really work out as well as everybody thought, whatever else. So they sit back, and then they get it, here, and they got a fourth round pick as well. And we're going to detail all those picks. And it, it's crazy because they trade a traded pick and trade another traded, traded pick. And it's kind of like a wormhole. Uh, but that's okay. Now, my biggest problem with the Solomon Thomas pick is this you drafted an interior defensive lineman and then chose to continually play him out of position. That's my biggest problem. There's going to be draft busts. There's going to be players that don't pan out. But with a guy like Solomon Thomas, whose work ethic, attitude, um, everything on and off the field is just all aces, the only reason why he has not succeeded um, has a lot to fall on the coaching staff and personneling. You put him in the wrong spot. Um, And that'd be okay if it was a third or a fourth round pick. But you got the number three overall player whenever you had all pro players like Jamal Adams, uh, Marcus Lattimore, Trey White, TJ Watt, and of course the two quarterbacks, uh, Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. But that's okay. Uh, So you've got to be honest when looking at your team. And I'm not one of those people that's just going to kiss ass and say only the positive things. That's not who I am. Uh, You know, I'm a history teacher and a part of history is being honest. And so you've got to look back and say, yeah, this was an obvious miss, an obvious miss. Now you stay in the first round in the 49ers trade back in 
We trade with the division rival. It's funny, whenever I do mock drafts and I'll do trades, uh, people will always say, oh, there's no way we trade with the division rival. We've traded with a lot of division rivals. We have traded with the Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals all within the last four years. So teams aren't that hung up on trading within a division as fans are. So you need to understand that. Now, we trade up to number 31 and we get Ruben Foster. Now, initially, yeah, terrible trade. We we understand he's no longer with the 49ers, probably not going to play for a long time, uh, should not be allowed to play the NFL for his off-the-field stuff, whatever. But here's still, what did the Jags do, or what did the Seattle Seahawks do? They didn't get anything, okay? We actually got more out of Ruben Foster than the Seattle Seahawks did. They got pick number 34 and number 111. So we package 34 and 111 to jump up to 31. We get Reuben Foster. Now the Seahawks trade number 34 again to the Jags who selected Cam Robinson, whatever. But the Seattle Seahawks took Malik McDowell, who was a defensive tackle out of Michigan State that I could not stand. Very explosive. He never started one game. And they got Tedrick Thompson. So both teams lost that one, even if we didn't trade up to get them. Um, you know, the, the players that were taken at those positions, number 34, number 111 overall, absolute bust as well. Tedrick Thompson is probably the best player out of this deal, and he's not great. Now, we stay in the third round. And at pick number 66, we get Akello Witherspoon. Very high upside play, wonderful footwork, huge ceiling play. Soft for sure. Now, the thing with Akello Witherspoon is this. When he's healthy, <laughs> which is an if, when he's healthy and he has confidence, he is a starter in this league. You could even say uh, that he is a top-tier starter in this league. The problem is... We have seen him try to play through injuries, and we have seen him try to dig himself out of holes, and it is bad, bad, bad. Um, so I, I think that there's a lot of rough stuff out there, but the issue is this. You've got to be able to take a player for what he can do, and I'm glad that Akella Witherspoon is still around, and I think he's going to compete for a spot, but he's not a guy that you want to rely on. Anything we get out of Akello moving forward is a positive. Uh, that's just the way that you have to see it. Now, we stay at pick 104. We get C.J. Beathard, um, the quarterback, and you know he's still on the roster. I think this will be the last time they do that. I think the only way C.J. stays on the roster is if we trade Nick Mullins, which we have rumors out of the front office. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, they've been offered high draft capital and have turned it down every single time. Um, so it, it does seem like Nick uh, BDN is going to be back. Then the 49ers made a trade, and this one was interesting we trade for capri bibbs which i was not a fan of he didn't eventually you know make the roster whatever else but uh the broncos got our future fourth rounder which they spent on deshaun hamilton which he's been a spot starter nothing really that special but we fall back in the fifth round and with pick number 177 we got trent taylor um, I would prefer to have Trent Taylor straight up than Deshaun Hamilton. So we fell back and we got a great draft value in Trent Taylor. Um, you know, who was the star? He really was the star of the training camp this year going into the Super Bowl run. But the Jones fracture and then horrible surgery, infection, infection, infection. Hopefully he will be back this time. You know, Bibbs was waived before the season. He never got one snap with the 49ers. But again, Trent Taylor over Deshaun Hamilton. I don't think I, I'm taking Trent Taylor. Now, and I think this is actually the worst pick. Solomon Thomas at three was bad. Reuben Foster at 31 was bad, even though he had some great starts. Uh, talent's not an issue there. But then the 49ers trade up. <laughs> um, 
And this was an awful trade. At pick number 121, we get running back Joe Williams out of Utah. Um, lots of red flags on and off the field. Uh, definitely a lot of personal issues and loss with his family, which is rough. Uh, but he's never going to get a carry for the 49ers. And we gave up a lot. We gave up um, number 143 and 161. Guess who went for the Colts at pick 143, the same position, Marlon Mack, um, who I consider probably a top 12 back in this league. Um, and they got Anthony Walker as well. You know, Mack has over almost 1,600 scrimmage yards two years in a row, and Joe Williams was out of the league before the year even ended. So it, that's the bet. That, I think that's probably the worst pick um, of the Kyle Shanahan era. Now, he follows that by... The greatest pick in the Kyle Shanahan era. Pick number 146. He gets George Kittle. And, you know, I just recently did a redraft of the past five drafts. So I went through uh, 2015 all the way through 2019. And did, you know, just based on talent, who should have went first, second, third, all the way through 20. I did the first round in a few. Um, and in my 2017 redraft, George Kittle should have been the third pick overall. Um, I had Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and then um, George Kittle. That's kind of where I had it and what that should have looked like. And so the fact that now let's take a step back and, and let's look at this because here's the deal. Let's say hypothetically we stayed at number three and we took George Kittle. Everybody would be happy with that now with where he is. He's the best tight end in the league, and I don't think it's close. So, yeah, Solomon Thomas didn't pan out. But George Kittle did. So we still got the third best player in the draft. That's just the way it worked. And a couple of other key starters as well. 177, as I said, Trent Taylor. We got him. 198, DJ Jones, who just started to come into his own before he got injured. Uh, that is a quality starter there. Pita Taumapineu. Um, I miss saying that guy's name. He has bounced around the league. I think he's with Arizona right now. But he's just a situational pass rusher and special teamer. And then 229, seventh round, Adrian Colbert who just got re-signed by, I think it was the Dolphins. Um, so to get a quality starter, I know we let him go, but he had some decent games for the 49ers. So all in all, you look at 2017, uh, there's some home run swings <laughs> and misses. You know, obviously pick three was bad, pick 31 was bad. You had a terrible pick number 121 with Joe Williams. But you look at the back half of this draft and you get George Kittle, Trent Taylor, DJ Jones. That is decent, um, to say the least. You got the best tight end in the league. So that's 2017. Now we get a little bit of a break. And it doesn't go well. Now we're into 2018. And they start finessing the draft before the draft even started. Uh, curious to see if we're going to get some more of this, which we've already seen in 2020 with the DeForest Buckner trade. But the 49ers get very, very active and start trading before the draft started. They trade Daniel Kilgore, who was a starter, but uh, they trade him for a seventh round pick. Uh, you know, whatever. They, they, get, they trade him away. Trent Brown who I think is one of the top right tackles in the NFL, but he doesn't fit the system that Kyle Shanahan wants to run. So they trade him away for a third-round pick. That third-round pick is going to turn into Tavarius Moore, uh, number 95 overall to the Patriots. So that's huge. Um, then the draft starts, and we've got to get a tackle now. You traded away Trent Brown, whatever. And again, this took place on day two, the trade for Trent Brown, but I wanted to include that here. Number nine overall, nobody knows what's going on. 
and they take a tackle, top 10, the first offensive tackle, Mike McGlinchey. Now, we all know how he's played at right tackle. He's been great. He's had a couple of bad games, but overall he's played wonderful. Again, if we go back to this idea of what my redraft is, I had him going um, in the 2017 redraft. Uh, sorry, this 2018 redraft. I had him going relatively high. Uh, I, I really think I had him going number seven overall. So we got him number nine. And one of my favorite things about this is we screwed over <laughs> the, the Raiders. And we're going to do that again in 2019. But we took the tackle that they wanted. They're, for, they're forced to trade back. Uh, you know, they go get uh, Colton, I forget his last name, offensive tackle out of UCLA. And he just has not panned out. I think Colton Miller. Uh, but Mike McGlinchey has been an absolute stud. So we get our guy. Uh, then we make the Trent Brown trade later on that day and or that evening. Then we trade up. And, you know, I was at this draft. I was there. It was awesome. And we get Dante Pettis at pick number 44. Now, let's play out what we gave up and what that turned into. Okay. The Redskins got pick number 59 and 74. They turned those into Darius Geis at pick 59. And Jerron Christian at 74. Neither one of them has panned out. Now, has Pettis panned out? Hell no. Uh, hopefully he rebounds. Uh, he's had a lot of bright, shiny moments. It just hasn't come out to fruition yet with what he offers. But the 49ers got back number 44, Dante Pettis, obviously, and 142, DJ Reed, who's a stud special teamer, a backup slot, backup you know, outside corner, backup safety, just kind of a jack-of-all-trade guys back there. And, man, if you had to say, the best player so far out of all four of these players in involved is DJ Reed, and he's not even a starter. So, yeah, whenever you look at these drafts and you look at these trades and you say, man, this didn't work out, look who we could have gotten and what happened there. Back to Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas not good. The number two overall player that was picked in that spot that we traded out of was Mitch Trubisky, who is, I think, probably the 64th best quarterback in the NFL, and that's being nice. So, yeah, we missed. But guess what? So did the people miss of the picks we gave up. Now, would we have picked Trubisky? No. But you've got to be able to step back and look at everything and then say yes or no. And, again, Dante Pettis. Who would you prefer to have now, knowing everything you know about all these players, Darius Geis and Jerron Christian or Dante Pettis and DJ Reed? I want Pettis and DJ Reed. Now, that's one way to look at it. Now, if we want to be, you know, the guy, the know-it-all guy on Twitter, which sometimes I am, these wide receivers were still on the board at pick 44. Christian Kirk, Anthony Miller, James Washington, DJ Chark, Michael Gallup, all of those guys have been far better pros than DJ uh, than Dante Pettis. So, yeah, it was bad, um, but <laughs> it wasn't the end-all, be-all. So that's okay. So you've got McGlinchey, great pick. Pettis, bad trade-up, but nothing hit. And then you have a great pick. Fred Warner, pick number 70. Again, this guy got six All-Pro votes this year. Uh, back to my redraft for the 2018 uh, season, I had him going number 10 overall. Number 10. So, again, you know, you go back to 2017. You're getting the number three overall player in George Kittle. Now, in 2018, we're getting two top 10 players in Mike McGlinchey, seven, and Fred Warner, 10. Lots of talent there. Now, we stay with this draft of 2018, and it's up and down. 128, we get to Kentavious Street. Can't stay healthy. Um, 
you know, in his spot duty that he was able to play this year just didn't really look uh, to be a part. Hopefully something pans out there. 142, DJ Reed, we talked about him. 184, Marcel Harris, who contributed considerably this year. Now, the funny thing is we waived him. He cleared waivers. We brought him back. Uh, but he's going to be a part of the 49ers moving forward. Uh, make, make no doubt about that. Now, might be a practice squad player, but... They want him there. Julian Taylor, I, I admit I'm the president <laughs> of the Julian Taylor fan club. I personally want him to be starting uh, at that three-technique spot uh, on base downs. I, I really, really do. I really like Julian Taylor. I think sky is the limit for him. And Richie James, who some consider the greatest wide receiver to have ever played the game uh, on 49ers Twitter. They got him at pick 240. So that's the 2018 draft. Um, and so, again... A lot of value late. You got two home runs, and you got a couple of misses, but that's okay. Now, speaking of home runs and minimizing your miss, your misses, uh, this podcast is brought to you guys by betonline.ag. Uh, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. Here's the deal. Open 24 hours a day, everything's online, and there is a three-quarter of a million dollar poker series that you can join, and if you're into prop bets and entertainment, you can bet on weather, stocks, American Idol, whatever. Visit their website, join today, 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, as we are now sponsored by BLUEWIRE. We are a Blue Wires podcast, a 49ers Rush podcast. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, blue like the color. Um, one word, no spaces, betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. So uh, head over there. Uh, <laughs> excited about uh, what, what you guys got going on there. It, it, it's a weird time right now, obviously. Um, so anything that you can do to pass the time, uh, it, it's you can bet on the Pope. <laughs> Who's the next Pope? Uh, played around on their, their site. It's definitely entertaining to say the least. All right, let's move into our most recent one, and let's talk about this, and then we'll get to questions afterwards. Right off the bat, I've been on the Nick Bosa bandwagon, and I know a lot of people could say that, but uh, I, I, the dude's an absolute baller all the way across the field. Uh, you, obviously, now we know defensive rookie of the year, defense or rookie of the year overall, and defensive rookie of the year, all pro, pro bowl, everything. Uh, it, Stupid. He should have been the number one player in the draft. I understand that the Arizona Cardinals had needed a quarterback and he fit their system and all that. Don't care. Nick Bosa was nuts. I, I put out on Twitter and on YouTube a quick highlight reel that I put together yesterday. And, man, just going through the film and watching him in the run game, you can talk about the sacks. You can talk about the pressures, quarterback hits, all those things. How he plays in the run game is what sets him apart. He is not just a pass rusher. He is an every-down beast. They get him number two overall, and there were a lot of people that were arguing. The argument was Quinnen Williams or Nick Bosa. And some people were like, oh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Um, here's the deal. I'm going to put this out there on Twitter, and I know it's going to go bad. Who would you rather have, Quinnen uh, Williams and Josh Allen or Nick Bosa by himself? I would prefer Nick Bosa by, my, by himself, personally. Uh, absolute home run of a pick. You, you could you got so lucky. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get injured, you don't get Nick Bosa. Um, it's it's really weird the way it all worked. Uh, but Nick Bosa, it, this is 
there's not many like him. <laughs> you can build a franchise around that guy. Uh, Nick Bosa is an absolute stud. Pick number 36, you get another stud. Debo Samuel, the third wide receiver taken. And it was a deep wide receiver class, actually. There, there are a lot of talent that went there. And going back to my redraft, I had Debo Samuel as the number 11 in my redraft. So you got the number one player in Nick Bosa and the number 11 player in Debo Samuel um, right off the bat. Great start to the draft, but it's going to get better. Third round, pick number 67. One of my favorite picks, it just didn't work, is Jalen Hurd. Uh, I don't know what happened with his back, when he hurt his back, but uh, he looked great during preseason and training camp, and then he got injured. Who knows what the future holds with him. His ceiling is stupid. Uh, It's nuts how talented he is in that body with that speed and all of the intangibles that he has. He's just got to get healthy. But if Jalen Hurd and his back get healed, Watch out. Fourth round pick. We trade back. Thank God. Um, I remember being in Nashville. Uh, very inebriated by this point. Fourth round. Um, we traded back and I was super happy. Uh, we gave up. We had the 104 pick. We traded that to the Bengals. They selected quarterback Ryan Finley, who's their backup, whatever. We got 110 and 183. We spent 110 on a punter, and I about lost my mind. I couldn't stand it. Uh, I still don't like it. Now, some people love Mitch Wisnowski, and hopefully he can turn into the best punter in the league. Uh, his first year in, definitely a bottom five punter starter. So it seems so far the pick is bad. However, we drop back to 183. That's just a free pick. We get Justin School. That's an excellent pick. You got a swing tackle that started several games and played very, very well. He had one bad game. Um, but... If we would have stayed at 104 and took Justin's school and got those results, you'd be so happy. So Mitch Wisnowski is just, he's hes a bonus. Um, he was supposed to be the main guy, but uh, hopefully he shapes up just a little bit. Now pick 148, and I think this is the best pick uh, overall value-wise in the draft, and that's Dre Greenlaw, linebacker, all-pro rookie. Man, uh, started 16 games, started every single game from day one, all 16 regular season games, started through the playoffs, and he got better and better and better and better. I'm telling you right now, he's going to be starting in front of Quan Alexander at that will spot next year. It's happening. Uh, Quan is going to be the sandbacker. Dre Greenlaw is going to be the will. It's just what it is. And again, back to my redraft, pick 18. I, I, I got him going number 18 overall. So Nick Bosa won, Debo Samuel 11, Dre Greenlaw 18. There's no way a team gets out of the draft. If it's just those three players, you're going to be so psyched, and that's a Hall of Fame draft. Uh, We're going to look back for a long time over those three players because – and I love Fred Warner, and I think that he is exceptional. We already talked about him. Dre Greenlaw has the highest ceiling. He has the highest ceiling of all those linebackers. Quan. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, it's Dre Greenlaw. He shows up in the biggest moments, at the biggest times, and he always answers the call. The guy is special. Um, There you go. I used the word special. i got to find somebody to say abysmal. Uh, There's nobody left here. Uh, Caden Smith, number 176, tied in. This was a hit. (laughs) We couldn't keep him because we were stacked. This guy started eight games for the Giants. Yeah, the Giants are not the 49ers. News alert. But the fact that you go after a six-round tight end and he starts half the season 
or a team in the NFL, given it was due to injury, but he played really well. Like he is a part of their future moving forward. Uh, so that was a huge hit, just not for the 49ers. We couldn't keep them. Um, we, we just had too stout of a roster. And I think we're going to see that again in 2020. We have five picks. The 49ers have five picks in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round. There's no way in hell all those players are going to make it. Um, Anyway, moving on, Justin School, we talked about 183. And then our last pick, 198, was Tim Harris. You know, a high upside athletic corner. Uh, he just never played any game. He didn't catch on anywhere else either. So that one was kind of seen as a bust. But the 2019, if we look back over the last two drafts, okay, or if we rank, let's rank all three of these drafts. 2019, you're going to be talking about for a long time. Uh, perhaps one of the greatest uh, 49ers drafts ever and it's only been one year uh, the fact usually you want to get two to three starters each draft that's what you want 49ers are looking at two to three all pro players just from the 29 and it's their rookie year uh, hopefully that continues and they keep trending up 2018 would be second um you know, great draft mcglinchy fred warner uh, those two guys are awesome, but there's not much after that. And then, of course, the 2017 draft would be last place for me. And really, you got Kittle in there. It, he kind of saved it, but that's about it. So those are the last three drafts, and I think it tells us a lot. Uh, with kind of the mentality and the trades that took place and what they're trying to do, where they hit, where they missed. And guys, the 2020 draft, they're going to be misses. Now, right after the draft, I'm going to tell you why every single player was a perfect pick and how they fit and what their strengths are and all that stuff because we get so excited after the draft. It's my favorite weekend of the year. Um, but how do they fit? How do the coaches use them? And these draft picks, they're going to have a rough time because the 2020 49ers have one of the deepest rosters in the entire NFL. Um, now, before we jump off, I want to get through some questions that have been put up here. Really appreciate everybody joining us. If this is your first time listening, uh, just want to say thank you. Hit subscribe wherever it is you're listening. Hit that up arrow, the thumb, or whatever, uh, the like button, if you will. That helps us out considerably. Um, typically, we're doing NFL draft stuff, and I'll be sharing more of that um, coming up. But I wanted to make sure we stepped back and just kind of saw the forest instead of the tree, uh, see where we have been and why it is that this roster is the way that it is and what we're going to see moving forward. So a couple questions. Here we go. From Niner by Nature, John, if we draft Ruggs and Goodman gets his act together, how can anyone stop this this offense? Yeah, I, th I don't think Goodwin's going to be around unless he restructures. Um, you know, his plan was to compete for the Olympics, but the Olympics are canceled. So at least postponed. So th that's going to be interesting. You know, Goodwin's been through a lot off the field with family issues and deaths and all that stuff. Uh, I can tell you this from personal experience. There's not a better human being than Marquise Goodwin out there. Uh, wish nothing for the best for that guy, but it does seem like his days with the 49ers are numbered. I think a new situation would benefit him. Rugs, you are correct. Absolute perfect fit for the 49ers. Uh, speed, routes, hands, all those things. People think he is just a speed guy. That is not the case. Please go back and look through the feed here. I put a lot of different um, on the 49ers Rush podcast. I did a whole podcast on rugs, and yeah, I love this guy. The film that he puts out in his routes absolutely impeccable so rugs would be a perfect fit and i would not be shocked whatsoever if he goes 13 to the 49ers uh, it would be the one thing that this offense is missing um 
Yeah, it's what it is. And of course, he says hi afterwards. Really appreciate that. Um, here's here's something that I wanted to talk about. The Phenom put this in there. Assuming we stay at 13 and 31, who you got? I'm going wide receiver and cornerback. I, I would prefer a wide receiver or corner at pick 13. Um, I do think C.J. Henderson, I do think Christian Fulton are worth that pick. They're not my first choices. Uh, my first choice would probably be Jerry Judy. But I do agree with the idea of a wide receiver or a cornerback. Now, offensive tackles, definitely, if one of those four offensive tackles is there at 13, I think the 49ers consider it. I really do. I'm not sure how long Staley stays. He could be done now. Staley might not play in 2020. Let's just be honest. If that's the case, are you comfortable with school stepping in? I personally am not. I want school to be our swing backup tackle. Daniel Brunskill is not a tackle. Um, yes, he played tackle. Um, and he played well, but they are moving forward with him as their right guard. Now, at 31, I really want, if Cesar Ruiz is there at pick 31, I don't care who else is there. Uh, one, he could start at guard, and he could start at center. Uh, but I prefer him to start at center. Ben Garland's 32. Not quite sure if Western Richburg's ever going to be healthy enough to finish the season. And when he has been out there, he hasn't been that great. So if we could get an elite center, which I have a very high grade on Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, I would love him at 31. The problem is I don't think he's going to be uh, there at 31. I think that he is going to be gone. Um, so if that's the case, I want to trade back. Um, again, if Cesar Ruiz is there at 31, I'm taking him. I don't care who else is available. He is the guy that I want there. Um, Matthew, right here. Uh, best wishes to your family. Thank you, Matthew. Really appreciate that. Are the 49ers the only top NFC, NFC team who didn't get better this offseason so far, including the Cardinals? Um, I don't think so. You know, that's a, that's a rough one. Kyle Shanahan came out and said his entire goal was to keep this team together. And he's done that, albeit from two starters. And that's DeForest Buckner, uh, which you got a 13th overall pick back. So, you know, we're going to get better through the draft there. And that's Emmanuel Sanders. We offered Emmanuel Sanders a deal. He chose to get more money with the Saints. Um, he even came out and said the numbers were right with the Saints, uh, not the 49ers. So the 49ers offered a team-friendly deal. We've got a lot of big contracts coming up uh, that we want to get extensions done with. And so that's what that is. Now, do you want to give that type of money, uh, which you couldn't have paid to Forrest Buckner and Eric Armstead, so they chose... Armstead on a team-friendly deal and get the 13th overall pick versus DeForest Buckner getting top-tier money, $21 million a year, and maybe a third-round pick for Armstead. I personally like that decision as well. But um, we are returning th the most starters in the NFL. We lost two. That's it. We lost two. If you want to count Mike Person in there, that's three. But personally, I don't consider him a starter. Um, yes, he started most of the game. So from that standpoint, sure. But there was no doubt on anybody's mind that right guard was a huge position. I think we've upgraded already with Brunskill. Um, but this is what it is. Teams at the top, everybody tries to catch. And the salary cap helps them with that. Um, I do think the 49ers have the best roster in the NFL. I think the Saints are number two. Uh, from depth and all those things. Now, if you want to talk superstars, you got to put the Chiefs in there. And you got to put the Ravens in there as well. But the 49ers, trust me, if every team sat down and said, who's the one team you don't want to play, I guarantee you the 49ers would get the most votes. Um, so that roster is solid. Um, is it as good as last year? Uh, maybe not without Buckner and Sanders, but we had 16 players on IR going into the Super Bowl. Um, so a lot of those guys are coming back and we've got two first round picks. How many Super Bowl contenders get two first round picks? 
Uh, you know, we we just you know, we were in the Super Bowl. Now we have a pick thirteen and thirty one. So we are going to get better. We're going to stay young. Um, curious to see what's going to happen there. But yeah, I I do get the question. I just I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, from the phenom, staying with you, uh, Trayvon Diggs at thirty-one would be an ideal fit for our defense. I agree. I like Diggs. Um, he is probably. I keep going back and forth. If we stay at thirty-one and go corner, I think AJ Terrell is a better fit for our defense. I think he's ready to start day one over Trayvon Diggs. The thing about Trayvon Diggs is his ball skills. So if you're a guy that values interceptions over a lot of different things. Trayvon Diggs is, would be the play there. But I think A.J. Terrell, from a physical standpoint, you know, started four-plus years, four years for Clemson. Um, he He's ready to go right now. Diggs converted from wide receiver, and he's still kind of raw, even though he's coached by Nick Saban. But it depends on what you want. Are you trying to go for the home run, um, higher ceiling? That's Diggs. Are you trying to go for the safer, uh, will-not-bust, prospect that's going to be um aj terrell so a couple options there at 31 i like that um here we go another question here um we can find so-called buckner replacement in the later rounds d tackle is not a premium position i agree with you it's not and so at pick 13 there's going to be a chance that Derek brown or javon kinlaw are going to be there if they go with those two it's not a bad pick uh they will be day one starters but i i do agree with you i I think that the depth that has been built at the defensive tackle position is fine. I really do. Guys like Kevin Givens, Ronald Blair, um, Julian Taylor, DJ Jones. There's like Kentavious Street if he's healthy. I don't mind rotating guys in there. Obviously, yeah, it'd be great to find another DeForest Buckner, but they don't grow on trees. Uh, they are as tall as trees. Uh, that's what it is. Uh, sleeper pick Neville Gallimore. This is from Khalil. He is a nice defensive tackle. Uh, he's played a long time with Oklahoma. I don't really like a lot of his 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 tape, but I do think he's going to be going in the second round. So Neville Gallimore, I think, would be a trade back situation if we trade back from thirty one. Um, I think that would that would work well. Chuck B, what's up? Long time friend. Uh, Charles Barr, what's up, brother? He's an Eagles fan, but uh, we have recorded lots of podcasts together. Um, it's not over for Pettis. I agree. Kyle Shanahan is the most loyal person in the entire NFL, I swear. Um, and so we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully Pettis can rebound and everything kind of responds and goes very, very well uh, with him. And who knows, man, if you can get anything out of that guy, I really do think sky's the limit for this offense because they're already great. The 49ers offense is great. It's top five. It's really top three. So if you're going to add a first-round wide receiver and Dante Pettis uh, kind of responds the way he's supposed to, then you, know, you got to watch out. From Nick here, jumping to the end of the questions as we wrap up here, would you rather help our defense or our offense with our top pick in the draft? If one of those wide receivers, I think it would be a perfect fit. I really, really do. There are not wide receivers like Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. I, I, so the fact that the 49ers have an option to get one of those, and I'm not big on drafting wide receivers early, uh, but it, this is a deep draft. You could wait there. But if you can get one of those guys paired with Kyle Shanahan, I really, really like it. Um, I really like it. Uh, so personally, that's me. Uh, that's just what I would do. Here we go. Melody, uh, shout out to Melody here for the question. If they go to 17 games, where will they get the extra game? So what has been proposed, and this isn't happening in the 2020 season, 
Okay, uh, they have the opportunity to do this in the 2021 season, which the owners are going to vote for because it's way more money. But what's going to happen is, and again, this is just what I'm hearing, and I think it's the best one, is they're going to rotate. AFC teams will get, a, all of the AFC will get an additional home game, and the NFC will have to travel. And then all of the, the following year, all of the NFC will get an additional home game, so nine home games, and the AFC would have to travel. And I think what they would probably do is it would be a rotating system, very similar, so like, the 49ers will play every team in the AFC West and the NFC East, okay? And then we also play, let's say we finish first in our division, so we're also going to play the first team in so many different divisions. They're going to add another one of those. Uh, that's my guess is how they're going to do it. Uh, but, yeah, the CBA is going to be interesting. We They did make the change for the 2020 season, if it happens and when it happens, that there are going to be 14 playoff teams instead of six. So that change actually happens now in 2020. So only the first seed gets a bye. There's going to be three playoff games on Saturday and three playoff games on Sunday during wildcard weekend, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I made this comment on Twitter. If the Rams weren't going the wrong damn direction, the NFC West could get every single team in the playoffs this year. Uh, that's how good of a conference it is. I, I really do believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Obviously, the DeAndre Hopkins things helps uh, for sure. But uh, Seattle Seahawks, they're close to the top of the conference. I think the Arizona Cardinals are closing in. And the Rams, I, the Rams, I think, are done. I really do. I think they're going to have to blow up even more of their roster if they want to compete. Just because they're so much, they mishandled the cap so bad. They mishandled the draft so bad. They don't have any draft picks. They have no money. Uh, they're not bringing in any additional talent. I hate the Rams, but yeah, it's what it is. Anyway, so that's going to do it for us. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Head over to at JL underscore Chapman um, on the Twitter feed if you want to interact and more draft questions. Really do appreciate everybody joining us, and we will be back as always. Stay strong and stay safe and stay away from people. Uh, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.